0: Chapter thirty one of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary Today, remember? You promised that I should see it today. Elfrida reminded Kendall, dropping instantly into the pose they had jointly decided on. I know I'm late, but you will not punish me by another postponement, will you? Kendall looked sternly at his watch a good twenty minutes mademoiselle he returned aggrievedly it would be only justice poetic justice to say no but i think you may if we get on to-day he he was already at work turning from the texture of the rounded throat which occupied him before she came in to the more serious problem of the nuances of expression in the face it was a whim of his based partly upon a cautiousness of which he was hardly aware that she should not see the portrait in its earlier stages and she had made a great concession of this as it grew before him out of his consciousness under his hand he became more and more aware that he would prefer to postpone her seeing it for reasons which he would not pause to define certainly they were not connected with any sense of having failed to do justice to his subject kendall felt an exulting mastery over it which was the most intoxicating sensation his work had ever brought him he had as he painted a silent brooding triumph in his manipulation in his control he gave himself up to the delight of his insight the power of his reproduction and to the intense satisfaction of knowing that out of the two there grew something of more than usually keen intrinsic interest within the wide creed of his art he worked with every nerve tense upon his conception of what he saw which so excluded other considerations that now and then in answer to some word of hers that distracted him he spoke to her almost roughly at which elfrida with a little smile of forgiving comprehension obediently kept silence she saw the artist in him dominant and she exulted for his sake it was to her delicious to be the medium of his inspiration delicious and fit and sweetly acceptable and they had agreed upon a charming pose presently kendall lowered his brush impatiently talk to me a little he said resentfully ignoring his usual preference that she should not talk because what she said always had power to weaken the concentration of his energy there is a little muteness about the lips am i very unreasonable but you don't know what a difficult creature you are she threw up her chin in one of her bewitching ways and laughed i wouldn't be too simple she returned she looked at him with the light of her laughter still in her eyes and went on i know i must be difficult tremendously difficult because i whom you see as an individual am so many people phases of character have an attraction for me i wear one to-day and another to-morrow it is very flippant but you see i'm honest about it and it must make me difficult to paint because it can be only by accident that i am the same person twice without answering kendall made two or three rapid strokes that's better he said as if to himself go on talking please what did you say it doesn't seem to matter much she answered with a little pout i said Ba black sheep have you any wool no you didn't returned kendall as they laughed together you said something about being like cleopatra a creature of infinite variety didn't you about having a great many disguises absently but kendall fell into the absorbed silence of his work again leaving the sentence unfinished he looked up at her with a long close almost intimate scrutiny under which and his careless words she blushed hotly then i hope you have chosen my most becoming disguise she cried imperiously jumping up now if you please i will see she stood beside the canvas with her eyes upon his face waiting for a sign from him he feeling without knowing definitely why that a critical moment had come between them rose and stepped back a pace or two involuntarily pulling himself together to meet what she might say yes you may look he said seeing that she would not turn her head without his word and waited elfrida took three or four steps beyond the easel and faced it in the first instant of her gaze her face grew radiant ah she said softly how unconscionably you must have flattered me i can't be so pretty as that a look of relief shot across kendall's face i'm glad you like it he said briefly it's a capital pose the first thing that could possibly be observed about the portrait was its almost dramatic loveliness the head was turned a little and the eyes regarded something distant with a half-wishful half-deprecating dreaminess the lips were plaintively courageous and the line of the lifted chin and throat helped the pathetic eyes and annihilated the heaviness of the other features it was as if the face made an expressive effort to subdue a vitality which might otherwise have been aggressive but while the full value of this effect of spiritual repose was caught and rendered kendall had done his work in a vibrant significant chord of color that strove for the personal force beneath and brought it out it was this the personal force that rewarded a second glance elfrida dropped into the nearest chair clasped her knees in her hands and bending forward earnestly regarded the canvas with a silence that presently became perceptible it seemed to kendall at first as he stood talking to her of its technicalities that she tested the worth of every stroke then he became aware that she was otherwise occupied and that she did not hear him he paused and stepped over to where standing behind her chair he shared her point of view even the exaltation of his success did not prevent his impatient wonder why his relation with this girl must always be so uncomfortable then as he stood in silence looking with her it seemed that he saw with her and the thing that he had done revealed itself to him for the first time fully convincingly with no appeal he looked at it with curious painful interest but without remorse even in the knowledge that she saw it too and suffered he realized exultingly that he had done better work than he thought he might repent later but for the moment he could feel nothing but that as to the girl before him she was simply the source and the reason of it he was particularly glad he had happened to come across her he had echoed her talk of disguises and his words embodied the unconscious perception under which he worked he had selected a disguise and as she wished a becoming one but he had not used it fairly seriously he had thrown it over her face like a veil, if anything could be a veil which rather revealed than hid, rather emphasized than softened the human secret of the face underneath. He realized now that he had been guided by a broader perception, by deeper instincts in painting that. It was the real Elfrida. There was still a moment before she spoke he wondered vaguely how she would take it and he was conscious of an anxiety to get it over at last she rose and faced him with one hand that trembled resting on the back of the chair her face wore a look that was almost profound and there was an acknowledgment in it a degree of submission which startled him so that is how you have read me she said looking again at the portrait oh i do not find fault i would like to but i dare not i am not sure enough that you are wrong no i am too sure that you are right i am indeed very much preoccupied with myself i have always been i shall always be don't think i shall reform after this moral shock as people in books do i am what i am but i acknowledge that an egotist doesn't make an agreeable picture however charmingly you apologize for her it is a personality of stone isn't it implacable unchangeable i have often felt that kendall was incapable of denying a word of what she said if it is any comfort to you to know it he ventured hardly any one will see in it what you and i see yes she said with a smile that's true i shan't mind it's going to the academy she sat down again and looked fixedly at the picture her chin propped in her hand don't you feel she said looking up at him with a little childish gesture of confidence as if you had stolen something from me yes kendall declared honestly i do i've taken something you didn't intend me to have well i give it you it is yours quite freely and ungrudgingly don't feel that way any more you have a right to your divination she added bravely i would not withhold it if i could only i hope you find something good in it i think myself there is something her look was a direct interrogation and kendall flinched before it dear creature he murmured you are very true to yourself and to you she pleaded always to you too has there ever been anything but the clearest honesty between us ah my friend that's valuable there are few people who inspire it she had risen again and he found himself shamefacedly holding her hand his conscience roused itself and smote him mightily had there always been this absolute single-mindedness between them you make it necessary for me to tell you he said slowly that there is one thing between us that you do not know i saw you at cheneymouth on the stage i know you did she smiled at him janet cardiff let it out by accident i suppose you came like mr cardiff because you disapproved then why didn't you remonstrate with me i've often wondered Elfrida spoke softly, dreamily. Her happiness seemed very near. Her self surrender was so perfect, and his understanding, as it always had been, so sweet that the illusion of the moment was cruelly perfect. She raised her eyes to Kendall's with an abandonment of tenderness in them that quickened his heartbeats, man that he was. Tell me, do you want me to give it up my book last night i finished it my ambition she was ready with her sacrifice or for the instant she believed herself to be and it was not wholly without an effort that he put it away on the pretence of picking up his palette knife he relinquished her hand it is not a matter upon which i have permitted myself a definite opinion he said more coldly than he intended but for your own sake i should advise it for her own sake the room seemed full of the echo of his words a blank look crossed the girl's face she turned instinctively away from him and picked up her hat she put it on and buttoned her gloves without the faintest knowledge of what she was doing her senses were wholly occupied with the comprehension of the collapse that had taken place within her it was the single moment of her life when she differed in any important way from the girl kendall had painted her self-consciousness was a wreck she no longer controlled it it tossed at the mercy of her emotion Her face was very white and painfully empty. Her eyes wandered uncertainly round the room, unwilling above all things to meet Kendall's again. She had forgotten about the portrait. "'I will go, then,' she said simply, without looking at him, and this time, with a flash, Kendall comprehended again. He held the door open for her, mutely, with the keenest pang his pleasant life had ever brought him, and she passed out and down the dingy stairs. On the first landing she paused and turned. "'I will never be different,' she said aloud, as if he were still beside her. "'I will never be different.' She swiftly unbuttoned one of her gloves, and fingered the curious silver ring that gleamed uncertainly on her hand in the shabby light of the staircase. The alternative within it, the alternative like a bit of brown sugar, offered itself very suggestively at the moment she looked round at the dingy place she stood in and in imagination threw herself across the lowest step even at that miserable instant she was aware of the strong the artistic the effective thing to do and when he came down he might tread on me she said to herself with a very real shudder i wish i had the courage but no it might hurt after all I am a coward too she had an overwhelming realization of impotence in every direction it came upon her like a burden under it she grew sick and faint at the door she stumbled and she was hardly sure of her steps to her cab which was drawn up by the curbstone and in which she presently went blindly home by ten o'clock that night she had herself in a manner in hand again her eyes were still wide and bitter and the baffled uncomprehending look had not quite gone out of them but a line or two of cynical acceptance had drawn themselves round her lips she had sat so long and so quietly regarding the situation that she became conscious of the physical discomfort of stiffened limbs she leaned back in her chair and put her feet on another and lighted a cigarette no buddha she said as if to a confessor don't think it of me it was a lie a pose to tempt him on i would never have given it up never it is more to me i am almost sure than he is it is part of my soul buddha and my love for him oh i cannot tell she threw the cigarette away from her and stared at the smiling image with heavy eyes in silence then she went on but i always tell you everything little bronze god and i won't keep back even this there was a moment when i would have let him take me in his arms and hold me close close to him and i wish he had i should have had it to remember why is my face hot i might as well be ashamed of wanting my dinner again she dropped into silence and when next she spoke her whole face had hardened but no he thinks that he has read me finally that he has done with me that i no longer count he will marry some red-and-white cow of an englishwoman who will accept herself in the light of a reproductive agent and do her duty by him accordingly as i would not no good heavens no so perhaps it is as well for i will go on loving him of course and some day he will come back to me in his shackles and together whatever we do we will make no vulgar mess of it in the meantime buddha i will smile like you and there is always this which is the best of me you agree don't you that it is the best of me she fingered the manuscript in her lap all my power all my joy the quintessence of my life i think i shall be angry if it has a common success if the people like it too well i only want recognition for it recognition and acknowledgment and admission i want george meredith to ask to be introduced to me she made a rather pitiful effort to smile and that buddha is what will happen Mechanically, she lighted another cigarette, and turned over her first rough pages. A copy had gone to Rattray, looking for passages she had wrought most to her satisfaction. They left her cold, as she read them, but she was not unaware that the reason of this lay elsewhere. And when she went to bed, she put the packet under her pillow, and slept a little better for the comfort of it. End of chapter 31